Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Long-Legged Beasties, the podcast that puts horror movies in their proper place. My name is Susan Arndt. With me is Brian Crescenti. Hi. And I'm really happy this week because this is one of my favorite movies. I love it. And uh, I I, kind of had a feeling, honestly, that our backers were going to pick this one when we put it up for the vote. Before we get into all of that, Brian Friend. Yes. What do we mean by putting horror movies in their proper place? How can I explain this? Let me see. I'm running out of I'm running out of analogies and metaphors. And, um, so yeah, basically we take these horror movies, and there are so many these days, so many amazing horror movies that explain uh, that explore. I'm sorry, the the far reaches of imagination and the dark corners of our our of our, our nightmares. Uh, that we felt like there needs to be more categories, more spreadsheets involved. Um, and so what we do is. We, we look at what's scary about the movie and uh, we categorize it. So um, we have seven overarching categories, uh, creature, gore, killer, paranormal, psychological, science, and nature. And uh, we figure out which of those it fits into. And then once we've done that, we come up with a subcategory, a sub-subcategory. Um, and so, for instance, it might be science it might be what we settle on. And then we decide uh, the sub subcategory is, Oh, I don't know. Plague. Um, <laughs> Just not that know. we have any experience with that. Um, <laughs> we, we tend to wing the sub subcategories. Uh, the other, the current ones that we have sort of on, on paper are just examples to keep our, our heads in the game. But uh, yeah, that's what we do. And, and what's cool is when we go through this discussion, it ends up unearthing a lot of interesting ideas and, and sort of minutia about the creation of, of the movie or the movie's sort of uh, storytelling and mythology, which I think is a lot of fun. So that's what we do. It's important to know, new listeners, Brian and I do not discuss this before the show. This is all happening in real time as we hash out our thoughts and opinions about the movies that we watch. And I agree. I, I very much enjoy and am usually surprised by the things we, that come out of these conversations just from trying to assign it to a category, which is a, a, a silly way of analyzing a film. But it ends up getting at the heart of what makes a horror film work for different people. And that's what I really dig about it. Yeah. This week, so every week, our backers get the opportunity to vote on what movie we are going to talk about. And if you go to patreon.com slash longleggedbeasties, you can become a backer and also wield that power. This week, our lovely backers have given us As Above, So Below, also known as the best Tomb Raider movie that is not actually a Tomb Raider movie. Perdita Weeks, yeah, the star of this, like, should be Lara Croft. I'm sorry. That's just a fact. Totally. Yeah. And th- this is like Tomb Raider if it happened in the real world. <laughs> like everything went wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just straight up Tomb Raider. Now, if you've seen this movie, you may be thinking, oh, well, the genre is found footage. Incorrect. Found footage is a format. It's not a genre. I mean, you can call it a genre because there are... A, a number of horror movies that use that particular format. But for our purposes, 
that you're not scared of the found footage. Yes. Right. Correct. Our category. Yeah. I I was going to say, I would also argue, I don't know. I think that people use found footage. They throw that phrase around a lot. And like, in this case, the footage isn't found. I don't think it's more documentary. Yeah. It's not literally found. And like that, like in general, the notion of found footage for me, the finding part of it is important because it adds, it lends like, you know, like, uh, um, uh, Blair Witch Project. Yeah. You have no idea what happened. All they know is they found this, this tape yeah. or this camera. Hell and House like, for is me, found that, footage. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that to me is, it adds a lot of power. But anyway, I don't want to digress, but go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, that's an interesting point. I never really thought about it. Yeah. The, the found footage air quote is just that it is told from a, it's not assembled like a movie. It's, this is just what was on somebody's GoPro or documentary camera or what have you. So it's a style uh, of filming and storytelling. So we start it with our main character, Scarlet. She's a Tomb Raider. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. She's an anthropologist, archaeologist, symbologist, a few other ists. She speaks four live languages and two dead ones. She's that chick, okay? Her dad was obsessed with finding the Philosopher's Stone. So now she's obsessed with finding the Philosopher's Stone. And when we first meet her, she's actually in Iran. They're about to uh, demolish this system of caves. And she wants to get in there right at the last second so she can find something called the Rose Key, which is this big honking statue with all kinds of inscriptions on it. And here we learn two very important things. One, Scarlet is so obsessed with this that she is willing to risk her life and the life of anyone around her to meet her goals. And two, as she's in, so what happens is they are about, they are minutes away from bl- blowing these, this system of caves. There's explosives everywhere. Alarms are going off. Her guide who led her to this spot is like, I got to get out of here. We're going to die. She's like, yeah, yeah, go, go, whatever, whatever. She's filming all of the inscriptions on this giant, beautiful statue of a bull because she needs to have some kind of record for it because this is going to point her towards the Philosopher's Stone. She, she finally gets it. She's running out. As she's running, she sees a man hanging he has been hanged and he's where it looks like maybe he's in a lab coat or something and just as she's going to sort of see what's going on the explosion happens dust everywhere claves are collapsing she barely makes it out with her her life this sets the tone for the entire film (laughs) scarlet it has to be said is extremely likable you end up wanting to take the journey with her, even though she is, it's like, girl, you're going to get everybody killed. This is so obvious. Even before anything hinky starts happening, she is just, you know, bad things happen around Scarlet. We, she, uh, the, the stuff that the information that she gets from the Rose key leads her to the gravestone of Nicholas Flamel which is an Aramaic. Bummer, she doesn't speak Aramaic. So next, she has to go track down her friend, George, who 
When last they met, she left in a jail in Turkey. My bad. Not a, not a prison. <laughs> not a prison as they they sort through the details. Just a jail. Well, because no, George is like, uh, hi, you left me in prison. She's like, oh, it wasn't prison. It was a jail. Cause that's, <laughs> Hand wave. Right, right. Like, that's better. <laughs> now, and she goes to ask George. To, she's like, hey, George, you speak Aramaic. I, I need this thing translated. Please come help me. And George is like, piss off. Here's a detail that I just so love. There's so many little things that this movie does that endear it to me. George has a hobby of breaking into ancient locations and fixing things. When Scarlet finds him, he is in a cathedral fixing the church bells, which have not rung in something like 200 years. I love that. Like so, he's like the 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 altruistic version of Scarlet. He's he's just as into all this sort of stuff, knows dead languages, the whole bit. But he uses it to make people happy. I love that. I love George. He's so wonderful. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. So she talks him into. She's like, "Look, just come translate the thing for me. Come on, fine. Nobody nobody can say no to Scarlet. That's the other thing. Nobody can say no to Scarlet." They go to a museum where Nicholas Flamel, the guy who made the Philosopher's Stone, is hanging on the wall. They've got 10 minutes to go look at it. They're reading it. They're reading it. They're reading it. She comes to the idea. This is, again, very Tomb Raider-y. Oh, maybe the secret is on the back. Picks the thing up off the wall and then pours some cleaning fluid on the back of it, lights it on fire. And sure enough, there's an inscription on the back. It's this. And here's the thing. It rhymes in English, despite not being written in English. Yeah. Like the translation uh, you know, of it rhymes. I, I feel like it's funny. I noticed that too. And I feel like maybe, maybe George is taking a little, uh, like, I don't know. Maybe he's tweaking it a little, but it still couldn't have been tweaked that much, right? To make right. it rhyme. Right. But yeah, I did notice that. I thought that was funny. Yeah. I'm like, mm, okay. So now they are, they're, they've, with that and some maps, it's important to note that they're in Paris for this because they figure out that this inscription is pointing them several hundred feet underground. Well, Groovy. How do you get several hundred feet underground? And this is another thing that I think the movie is brilliant. It takes something extremely creepy from real life and incorporates that into the film, which is the Paris Catacombs. If you're not familiar, it's a network of about 200 miles of tunnels underground with the remains of 6 million people. Just the skeletons, just the bones. And when you think of skeletons, you think of, you know, a ske- the, the thing that's in your body, like all laid out, like head to the <laughs> neck bone, to the ribs, to the, uh, uh-uh. They don't have that kind of room. So you get like a stack of skulls over there, thigh bones just piled up in the corner over there, you know, phalanges in, in arranged in the shape of a cross. Everywhere. Phalanges just, everywhere. <laughs> phalanges, as far as the eye can see, it's just... Yeah. This massive it's, network of tunnels just crammed, stuffed with bones. 
It's nightmare fuel is what it is. It's it's horrifying and yet also beautiful in a way. Yeah, I like to me it's like one of those things where like yeah, would I go on a tour? Totally. Would I stay 2 seconds after the tour left? Totally not. <laughs> <laughs> fair. That's fair. So in addition, uh, apparently one section of Paris uh Paris streets just sank. Just boop, dropped into the ground. And about 500 people fell to their deaths when this happened. This is also something that happened. Okay. So they figure out using this inscription plus maps plus all this, they get the idea, okay, it's going to be in the catacombs somewhere. They take a tour. While they're on the tour, they're like checking their map, like they're hanging in the back of the tour. And they're like, oh, it's, it's that way. Well, great. How the heck do we get that way and as george and scarlet are discussing it this guy who's in the catacombs with them says oh go to this club ask for papillon he can take you exactly where you need to go cool isn't that great thanks bro they go to the club they meet papillon papillon is uh this guy he and his friends they like to wander around they you know they're that edgy kind of we're going to go where we're not supposed to go. We're going to look around all the places we're not supposed to see. They're those guys. And they go around the catacombs all the time. Cool. Great. She says, look, here's the deal. There's a hidden chamber in the catacombs. We know where it is, but we don't know how to get to it. It's full of treasure. You can have the treasure. There's a different thing in there that I want. I get that thing. You get the treasure. All you got to do is take me there. And they're like, heck yeah, let's go. So they gear up, they get headlamps and cameras and and food and water and dry bags and everything you need to safely go through the catacombs. Like, assume you're going to be there for like a day or two, right? And there's no light down there and you can get lost real easy. And oh yeah, it's basically just an entire death trap. George is like, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this. No, no, thank you. Hard pass. Of course he ends up going with them. Of course he does. So they all end up. I think they, they, I was going to say they handle that really well because like there's so many ways they could have, but essentially, yeah, you're, you're about to say it, I'm sure. But i like that. They didn't just have him change his mind. Yeah. So what happens is, so he's, he goes along with them to the entrance, the, the, the hole in the wall that they're going to go into take basically, essentially the back way into the catacombs. And he's like, nope, not going. Mm -mm." Now, he has a very solid reason for not wanting to go. When he was little, he and his little brother were exploring caves and his little brother drowned. But just as he's about to, like, peace out, the cops show up. We already know he's had a bad experience in jail. (laughs) So now everybody, bundle, 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 hustle, 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 uh, Papillon throws a smoke bomb, push. Well, heck, we're all in it now, aren't we? They wander through the catacombs. They get to a place where, and this is where everything starts to go a little weird. So there's this blocked off tunnel. Now, according to Scarlet's map, they should go through the blocked off tunnel because that's the direct route. Papillon's like, 
no way, absolutely not happening. That tunnel is evil. Our friend, uh, the mole, La, 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 La Toupe? La Toupe, I think? Uh, yeah, I think I think that's right. Yeah. He went in there. He never came out. Uh-uh. No, thank you. Not going that way. We're instead, this is preferable, going to climb over this mountain of bones, which, by the way, is full of rats, and come out the other side, and that's the way we'll go. Awesome. So Benji, who is the guy documenting all of this, he's filming Scarlet. He's doing a documentary about her finding the Philosopher's Stone. It's like, mm-mm, I'm not doing that. No, thank you, sis. Not today. He ends up doing it. He ends up getting stuck. It's a whole thing. Trauma. Ah! They come down the other side of the bones. The bones collapse so they can't just climb back over the mountain. And now they're, they appear to be right back where they started. Which is super weird because that's impossible. It's impossible. <laughs> they went straight. They did not go in a circle. And yet they are right back at that blocked off tunnel. Well, it was like it was like an episode of Looney Tunes where you, you leave the frame and you come in on the other side of the frame. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, with rats. Yeah. And the devil. So it's like, well, yeah. we're kind of boned. Uh, no pun intended. Ha-ha. We have to th- this this. This tunnel is the only way we can possibly proceed. So they break through the tunnel and they find this is this is the only way forward. Yeah. And I think it, it collapses behind them after they they keep it, getting their path basically blocked off from. Yes, the they keep getting their path blocked off. But what but the first thing that happens is they're walking in. And she's like, oh, you've never been down this tunnel before, huh, Papillon? He's like, no, I never have. Why? His tag, every time he goes exploring somewhere, he he spray paints his name on the wall. And his name is right there. Yeah. So yeah, now that, you know something, something up. The, it's, I think the, the whole uh, exploration and journey to the Philosopher's Stone is really fascinating because there's a lot, a lot, a lot going on. And it's doing a lot of work yeah. on, on like so many levels, like metaphorically and physically and also sort of setting the tension and talking about the backstory. It's just so wonderfully put together. It is. And it's important to uh, point out when Scarlett and George were figuring out that the Nicholas Femel supposedly hid the Philosopher's Stone a certain depth underground – it was based on a calculation of the distance between heaven and hell. Yes, which is not 666. It's an alchemist number, which was seven something. 741, seven... I think. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's going to become important real yes. soon. So they are trying to climb downward to get halfway between. That's That's their goal. As they're continuing down this hallway, first they uh, what something I, I I I'm going to get the order wrong because all of these elements are so wonderfully creepy. Yeah. There's a piano. Yeah, yeah. A piano, piano. What is a piano doing down here? Yeah, there's like a there's like just a, a alcove, I guess. Yeah, yeah. With just this piano sitting there, which yeah. is like that doesn't make any sense. But that, but then they're like, well, I mean, houses did collapse. Right, right. Here, maybe it got left here somehow. And that's a semi plausible explanation. 
And then George says, oh, hey, that's funny. This looks like exactly like the piano we had in my house when I was a kid. And, oh, we could never uh, play My Bonnie Lies Over the Ocean because this one key was broken. And he goes to play it. And, oh, gosh, the same key is broken. Yeah. Creepy. Mm. Creepy, but explainable. I mean, if you if you buy into the fact that the piano fell through the floor, yep. which, okay, could have happened. Yeah. A, a piano with a broken key, uh, a little weirder that it's that key, but like not not like super suspect, just a little... Yeah. Strange. An odd coincidence, but hey, half the keys could be broken. It's not like he tested all of them. It could, right. it's, it's, it's creepy, but all right, let's all just, come on. But then they hear a phone ringing. <laughs> and again, try to explain it away, which I love. Where yeah, they're like, which, well. and <laughs> indeed, the phone company did at one point run lines through the catacombs, but they took out all the equipment years ago. But hey, it's, it's. It's possible something got left behind. For sure. Yeah. 200 yeah, totally. miles of tunnels? Come on. Yeah. That 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 something is just a house phone is a little weirder. It's a, <laughs> but, yeah, but, but I mean. It's, doable. Uh, it could have yeah. happened. Except then they, they rock up on it and it's this perfect little house phone on this perfect little end table. And Scarlet picks it up. And the voice on the other end says, Scarlet, why won't you talk to me? Yeah, I it's like mm -mm, nope. And you can <laughs> and you can hear. I believe that you can hear like screaming and stuff behind him. It sounds there's definitely noise. It to me sounded like screaming, like people screaming, and this you know muted in the distance, and this voice saying, uh, "Why?" I think it was, "Why wouldn't you talk to me?" Or why won't? Oh you? yeah. I think, why you know why wouldn't you? And it's like, and she obviously has a reaction to it, which is not explained initially, yeah. but it obviously freaks her out. Yeah, this is this is not a you know the, it's it, the person on the other end is not like well hey Scarlet how you doing this yeah. is a tortured sounding voice this is a pained voice so she slams the phone down it's like mm -mm. keep in mind they can't go back the the yeah. way behind them has been sealed off they have no choice but to go forward to continue to tr to find an alternate way out. I don't remember what point this happens. If this is before or after they go, this is before they go down the, the hole. Yeah. I love this. They're walking through this just one random part of the catacombs and suddenly they can't hear properly. And the movie audio gets all muffled. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's after the room, the, um, after they find the stone. It, mm. So what happens next is the top. They found uh, the mole. Oh, okay. Okay. So they find, so suddenly the mole, hey, he's there. He's like, yo, what's up? And they're like, bah, bah, how are you alive? We thought you were dead. He's like, you never even came looking for me. Which they don't address at all. Right. Well, and it's like, okay, this is a guy who lived, he did live under the, the he, he definitely he lived underground. Yep. And, um... You know, maybe he just decided to move. What's weird, though, is that he's acting super. He looks creepy. He's acting creepy. And at one point, they acknowledge that he's acting creepy when yeah. he's like up ahead of them. They're like, yeah, he's totally changed, which like, OK, you live on your own for five years in the dark with no flashlight. I could see why you yeah. would be acting a little different. <laughs> yeah, this, this guy is super creepy, but he says he's going to show them the way out. OK. So they start following him. And, oh, this is when they come to the Ptolemaic Hinge. More Tomb Raider-y stuff. 
Yeah. He, yeah. He, and there, there, you're, you're right. This is definitely the whole thing. While creepy, it still feels very much like uh, National Treasure or Tomb Raider where you've got all this cool stuff going on. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. They end up in, a, in what appears to be a dead end. Uh, Scarlet and George find some ins- some inscriptions that reference stuff that's in the uh, the little rhyme that they have. You know, there's the vulture pointing the way. She finds a scarab, figures out it's a Ptolemaic hinge, which is what they used in pyramids to hide the pharaoh's tomb. Basically, you figure out which rock to take out, and if you're right, the door opens, and if you're wrong, the ceiling falls on your head and you die. <clears throat> Fortunately, they find, they pull out the correct rock. A door opens. Scarlet goes through the door and, lo and behold, the resting place of a Templar knight. Perfectly preserved, despite the fact that he's probably about 500 years old. Super creepy, but awesome. An awesome effect. Yeah, really cool. Every, and to be fair, everybody is like, why is he not? And they're like, I don't know, it's weird, but... But one of the, uh, so the Philosopher's Stone, in addition to being able to uh, turn base metal into gold, can also grant eternal life. It can make torches burn for eternity. Can I, can I say that's a weird feature set? It it is. It's a little odd. (laughs) It's like, it's like, okay, it's like the pocket knife of magical (laughs) things where you're like, it will turn things to gold. Cool. Oh, also you can heal wounds with it. Uh, Okay. And, and by the way, your torch, it'll last forever. It's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Awesome. (laughs) And if you need to open a bottle of wine, no problem. Just use the bottom part. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. It is. Now you put it that way. That is a little, a little strange. Yes. But sure, whatever. It's magic. So there's this, uh, so they, they, there's an inscription on the the wall they figure out they need to dive into this water and come out the other side they do that and they're in a room filled with treasure they've done it they've done it hooray they have indeed found the philosopher's stone she prizes it out of the wall while uh papillon and zed pull the gate off the wall so they can get at the treasure Scarlet realizes just a little too late that it's a trap, and the room caves in. Yeah. Suxi's uh, arm is injured, and Scarlet uses the Philosopher's Stone to heal her arm. Yeah, and and uh, the mole top has disappeared. They think he's dead. Oh. He's buried under all that stuff. Right, right, right. He He's nowhere to be found. So uh, now it's, well, heck, okay, where do we go now? Because once again, our path has been blocked. They figure out they uh, need to go through the floor. Sure. Why not? They go through the floor. This leads them to this. Just, I mean, it looks like a throat, honestly, the hole that they yeah. got to go down. Yeah. With the amazing carving above it. Yes. Yes. And is this where the first death happens? Well, right after. So they basically, they come to this opening and they keep in mind, you know, you're thinking I wouldn't do this. They have no choice. They are like 500 feet underground, or I guess a a little, little more than 300 feet underground. 
there is no going backwards. You yeah, can they only go forwards. And they approach this tunnel where you have to literally crawl on your stomach to get through it. And above it is this phrase that says, abandon all hope, ye who enter here. In Greek. Oh, right. Yeah. Which is over the gates of hell and uh, and that they shall be made to crawl on their bellies. Yeah. And so they're like, uh, <laughs> like basically yeah. it's a very clear sign they're about to go into hell and they yeah. don't have a choice. They could starve to death or they could uh, sure. go forward. Sure. Those are, your, yeah. those are their choices. Oh, it's again, important to point out based on the map they have and the catacombs, it is logically possible. And, and the, the mole says this to them. You, the only way out is down. Yeah, like they think that they, they'll drop into another tunnel that is actually not closed off and they'll be right. able to get out. Right. Like they're at this this network that intersects at a certain point. So if they can get to that intersection, they can get out. It does actually make sense. Also, they have no choice. Right. So yeah, so this is this is where the first. So they she Scarlet is the one who braves the tunnel, gets through, and unfortunately, when she gets to the other side, sees that. She's in a room that seems to be an exact opposite reflection of the room they just left, which, you know, not a good sign. Probably not great. Not great. No. <laughs> um, and Top is there, who they thought was dead. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, he's he's gotten very touchy about people getting close to him. His personal space. Yeah, he's 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 having a moment. He he would prefer to engage in some some silent reflection, and. He just full on grabs Suxi and snaps her neck. Yeah, he kill, he pounds her head into the pavement. Yeah, and she's like dead, dead. Not kind of oh, dead. She's super, dead, dead. Super, super, super dead. Super yeah. hardcore dead. And Scarlet attempts to use the Philosopher's Stone, and lo and behold, it doesn't work. Yeah, she. I think she even says like it's too late. You can't yeah. bring people back from the dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She. So she. That's important. She doesn't expect it to work, so it doesn't. Yeah. But we must press on. And and downward, which I would so not be I don't think anybody at this point is okay with it, but they realize again what they just do? have to keep going down, which is so terrible. Yeah, okay, let's so let's let's just take stock and review. So we have gone under an inscription that is over the gate to hell. We have had to crawl on our bellies, which is the description of how people are supposed to enter hell. And we keep going down. Yes. And and so also clear thing to keep in mind, this point, they're a thousand meters down, way below any possibility that they're going to intersect with something. They're oh, like, yeah, no, they're off the map. Yeah. And they're like, OK, I don't know how going down is going to help us, but <laughs> we don't have a choice. Yeah. But what are we going to do? Oh, and also all their gear, all the stuff they had gone it, right the, in that in that collapse right in the yeah collapse. they lost so yep. they lost their food their what all the things that sushi says at the very beginning they need to have yep they don't have no spare batteries no food no water nope. um so yeah they're not in a good they're not in a good place they're not um they're not so yeah so they get to a hole <laughs> which is the last thing <laughs> i think you want to see <laughs> when you're in this situation Oh, it's good. Like, another, another hole. Oh, we can go down further? I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. But they do. Um, yeah. And they go down the hole. But unfortunately, something we forgot to mention, something super creepy at the beginning 
is uh, when they were first going through the tunnels, when everything seemed normal, they came across a a collection of female cultists. Oh, right. Who are chanting. They're wearing this. It looks like either red paint or blood. And they're sort of all staring off into space together and chanting in a very ominous way. And I think um, one of the guides tells them, oh, you find all kinds of crazy people down here. Papillon, I think, says that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which, again, you can totally buy. You know, people doing weird – because it's so close to the entrance. You can totally buy that, okay, people just get together to pretend they're witches or whatever. Right. So, yeah, so they get get down to – they're all going down this hole. Um, and Benji, who is the, the documentarian, the guy who's been sort of recording everything is a cameraman. So he's having to do what everybody else does, but with cameras, <laughs> which is what I always think. And he, uh, he's the last one to go down the hole, uh, and <laughs> go down um, the hole, <laughs> go down the hole. Yeah. And he sees a person run by and keep in mind, there is no way anybody could be here because they are in a closed off tunnel. Yeah. And they, he sees this woman run by one of the cultists carrying what looks to be a baby. And it freaks him out so much. I guess he kind of loses his his handle, his his hold on the rope. Well, his, and, his uh, hands were already uh, hurt from, from falling earlier. Right. Um, and so he, uh, he, he, he slips. And the next scene is we're down with everybody else. And suddenly his body comes slamming, just slamming into the ground. Uh, and he is almost unrecognizable. Yeah. He's not just dead. He's like super dead. <laughs> I, th- I feel like that's a theme in this movie. Everybody's not just dead. They're yeah. super dead. <laughs> They're, and like, I think it's like, it's because of the, uh, the philosopher's stone. Like they want it to be clear. Like, no one's going to try to revive Benji. Mm. Oh, that's an interesting point. Okay. I hadn't thought of that. I, for me, it was, it, it's, as, as we will uh, discover now I th- after the, after what happens to Papillon. Okay. So they keep going. Let's deal with what, what happens to Papillon. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, at, at an, an, another point, what happens first, Papillon or, or George seeing his brother? I think it's George. So they're okay. like, that's – it's George and then right out – and that's what's funny because like from this point on, it goes from being explainable to, okay, 100% not explainable. Yeah, <laughs> some 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 bad things are definitely happening. Okay, so George uh, thinks he sees his little brother under the water and we know that George's brother died uh, in, a, in a cave. He drowned in a cave when, when they were little. So – George is like, oh, I got, I got to go get him. I got to go get him. And Scarlett's like, yeah, n- n- no, not he's real. He's not there. Yeah. He's but he's like, I think, and I think his brother's even maybe says something. He does. Yeah. And so like George is like, you know, he's like scraping the bones away because there's some, uh, he could see water under the bones. Um, but yeah, it's uh, apparently not real. Yeah. So yeah, and that's the, the the first thing that really can't be explained away, unless you're like, well, you know, he's hallucinating because maybe the right. air's bad, right? Okay, the next thing, absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So it's like they, ten seconds later too. It's like back to back. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> I love this. This one is so creative. Oh my god, uh, it's so it's so good. It's so good. Okay, so they come upon a burning car. Yes. First of underground, all, underground, a thousand feet underground. How how this thing even got on set? I'm not entirely certain. Yes. But whatever. It's amazing. It's an amazing full, effect. Full on burning car. Yes. And, and go, ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. After you. Okay. <laughs> and, and Papillon is very clearly disturbed by this. There's someone in the car. Yes. Pounding on the windows trying to get out. And and I, something worth noting, you, you don't I, – I had to go back and verify this basically through Wikipedia. But the person in the car is the same person who at the beginning of the movie is the one that tells Scarlet about Papillon and says, yep. you know, if you want to find the secret area, there's this guy who can help you out. Yep. <sighs> and then – Yeah. It's Papillon cool. gets sucked into the car – head first but then the car also sort of collapses into a singularity until it's just papillon's feet sticking out of the ground yeah it's amazing it's, it's so you good. know i i think it's so powerful because up to that point there basically are no special effects yeah that's true yeah i mean there, there are special effects but you know what i mean there's nothing nothing um, flashy nothing, yeah nothing flashy there's a couple little things like the the boy under the but nothing that you would expect and this was like full-blown like star wars special effects where you're like what what just happened like the the car on fire is startling but what's really startling is seeing it sort of absorb itself become like this miniature black hole for a second yeah and then seeing his legs still moving by the way for a second yeah Kind of, and it's not dirt, it's rock. Yeah. And they like, for a second, they sit there and they're like, uh, we got to, and you could tell they're like, what can we do? And then they just slowly stop moving and then they stop yeah. moving. And it's yeah. like, oh my God, that is so chilling. So chilling. I, what I love about that is it's so shocking. Yeah. You're not expecting to see a car. You're not expecting to, what? What? You, it, it happens so quickly. And it's all just so shocking that you're stunned. Like lots of times when things happen in horror movies, you're they're half expected. Like even Benji falling down the hole was it was a shock, but it wasn't surprising. It wasn't baffling. It's like, oh, dude fell down a hole and got hurt. Okay, yeah. I understand that. This you would if it had exploded, you would be like, oh, well, you know, fire, gas tank, not great. Okay. No, 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 no. Collapsing in on itself and sucking him in until he's entombed. Not something I saw coming. I love it. It's so creative. And it's so in keeping with the idea that they're going further and further into hell. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, by crawling through that mouth and going into hell, Things have gone from being sort of um, metaphorical to yeah. real. Yeah. They're now being tormented. And and so we start to discover things like um, – I can't remember when we learn all this, but we know that um, that Papillon was, had a scar in his hand. We saw it earlier. Yep. And, and the reason he had a scar in his hand was because somehow he was involved in a car crash and I think it was his brother was burned to death. Yep. And so that's what he's witnessing. He's witnessing the thing that he feels like he caused. So it's his guilt, basically, come to life. Yep. And and we know with George 
that George's brother had drowned and that he felt like he'd gotten lost while trying to go get help and it was his fault. Um, and uh, I think it's around this time we realized that Scarlett's father had we we there were some some hints about this throughout the movie, but that he had killed himself. And the person we've been seeing hanging is Scarlett's father. Yep. And uh, that he had tried calling her. Yeah. The night he he died, and that she hadn't answered the phone. Yeah. And so it's all tied to these moments of guilt. Um. And then um. Not Benji. Who who was Zed. the other guy? Zed, right. Zed had this uh this child that he refused to acknowledge. Yep. Was his. So the, all of these things that are tormenting them are actually moments in their past that they feel guilt for. So it's yeah. their guilt that's that's tormenting them. Yeah, which I I love it because that's all so realistic. Those are the yeah. kinds of terrible things that happen in your life that you that that stay with you that you can't sort of cleanse yourself of right whether you deserve to feel that way or not right like george come on he was a kid he got lost yeah that's totally and like we don't know enough about the car accident and like all of them are totally explainable yeah exactly like scarlet didn't answer the phone one day yeah but that's exactly the, the the kind of thing that happens to people so uh they're 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 making their way. Zed and George and Scarlet are now they they've passed this this creature, this sort of hooded creature sitting in a chair. George has been attacked by by something on the wall. It's it's you know, bitten his throat. Scarlet realizes this isn't the real philosopher's stone. Everything's been a mirror image. I have to go put this back and then I'll discover the real Philosopher's Stone. So she goes all the way back, sticks it back in the wall, finds, and obviously it's not easy. She has to go through a river of blood. There's all the, okay. Sticks it back in the wall, (laughs) sees her reflection as she does this, realizes the power of the Philosopher's Stone is within you. As, As I believe it to be. So it shall be, which she had said. And I love seeds for all of this are are planted throughout the entire film. So it's never just this sudden revelation. It's because she had said this when they discovered this uh, beautiful painting that had uh, as above, so below on it. And she explained the the uh, precepts of alchemy. Right. And the meaning of that, which is and, basically what you said. Yeah. Yeah. So then she hustles all the way back to Zed and George. She heals George just by believing that she can. Great. Now what? This, this hood guy and the chanting people and the horrible noises is all getting closer. We're at a dead end. What do? And they find, oh, good. It's another hole in the ground. (laughs) Let's go down further. Awesome. (laughs) And this is where this is at the point they uh, realize they need to confess, and so Zed talks about his kid, and George talks about his brother, and and Scarlett talks about her dad, and they jump, they jump in the hole because no rope and also no bottom to that hole. It seems like yes, so it's a well, <laughs> they they don't have a whole lot of options. They know what'll happen if they stick around. They they think that perhaps. 
this is the way through and and indeed end up coming out upside down on the the streets of Paris outside Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah. I so a couple things I want to I want to discuss in a little more detail. Um mm. first off that that uh that ending the, the I'm sorry the uh, she so when when she goes and comes back like all the stuff going on there is so amazing. First off the the hooded guy as funny as this is reminds me so much of Death from Gauntlet. The video game because <laughs> it's that you know he's it's a grim reaper outfit is it, what it's, he's wearing it's yeah it's it's a little on the nose frankly. it is yeah. but the the thing that's so amazing is as they're hiding from him they bump up against this wall and the wall has these carvings of people screaming and they're Are like they carvings though well yes we don't they obviously turn out they're not but yeah. They kind of look like they are, but the, the more you look at them, there's actually one scene where they back up against the wall and they're scared. And one of them has one of the living people. I forgot who it was, Ben or Ben uh, or um, Zed or somebody is making a sort of a face and has their hands up. And you could see on either side of them, people doing sort of the same thing, but yeah. they're made of stone. And yeah. it's like, oh my God, that's so amazing. And then one of them actually comes out of the stone and that's the one who attacks, uh, attacks George. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love um, I love the scene where they so they basically they they fall down this hole and they're like now what and they're like in this perfectly like round room no walls no tunnels there's a, a hole above them that closes up right after they fall through it which makes them all scream and make me scream too frankly <laughs> um, and they're like what are we gonna do and then they kind of riddle it out and find this thing on the ground and they they dust it off and everything. And they're like, okay, see if you can get your fingers on it. And they're trying to pull it and they can't do anything. And then I think uh Scarlet does something by accident and it moves. And she's, and he's like, well, uh, George is like, what did you do? And she's like, I think I pushed on it. And so they push on it and they push it away. And the next scene is a street in Paris. And you could see someone looking like they are climbing down, even though they're actually climbing up through the manhole cover. And it's such an amazing shot. It's so good. It is. Like, they must have like obviously they probably had them laying on like a platform or something so they could do that. But it looks so amazing. Um, but I love that they come out and they talk and then they're like, "All right, let's never talk about this. <laughs> let's all go. <laughs> yeah. Let's all go our separate ways. Pretend it never happened because yeah. that was horrible." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like we um, saw people die horribly, and uh, that was probably actually hell. So, um, yeah, we're done. <laughs> and Zed is like literally Scarlet and George kind of hang out, but Zed is like, "I'm never going to see you two again. Goodbye." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I going back to the water thing that you were talking about. I, the reason I wanted to talk about that is because I'm fairly convinced that that was supposed to be the demarcation between, um, um. Pur- purgatory and hell. Oh, I think it was the halfway point. And because if I remember, and I can't remember exactly when it happens, but I remember it was after they had gone through the, I, I don't remember if it was the, after the, the hell part, but it was after the, the first drop down where they, you know, where they were in the room and they had to escape the room with the philosopher's stone. Mm-hmm. Um, So it feels like everything in my mind, trying to, fit this together metaphorically with uh since this seems to be based on dante's hell since mm-hmm. uh that line is from dante's inferno when you try to put it all together 
I feel like what we were seeing was purgatory. Like a lot of their journey was purgatory when they're being sort of tortured, but not overtly, you know, they're torture light. Yeah, exactly. And then they get to the philosopher's stone. And then when they crawl through that hole, that's when they're in hell. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, and I think that there is this amazing effect that you were talking about where it basically is like nobody can – it sounds like they have water in their ears. That's the yeah. best way I could think of it. Yeah. And like everything is weird and they're all acting like they're having trouble. Trouble, And it feels to me like they're trying to present it like they've gone through some sort of membrane almost. And and they're on the other side of something. Okay. So okay. That was that my tracks. take. That tracks. Yeah. Okay. And then, I... and then like you have demons and things. That's why I think at that point they're absolutely in hell. Oh, interesting. Okay. I like that because – and and I and I think that explanation works. It's just something you don't see is yeah. a movie messing with the sound. Yeah, totally. To make you feel on edge, make you feel uneasy, make you feel like there's something definitely wrong. But I what what I like about how they handled it is at first I mean, they're really underground. Maybe it's just some sort of weird. It's it's still in that place. Like there could be a a, a benign explanation, and then the screaming starts, and it's less benign. They just they're kind of all they're like clapping their hands to try and hear, and they can't hear anything. And George starts saying he can't hear anything, and they just hear this banshee like wail, yeah. something completely inhuman screaming. Yeah. It's like, welcome to hell. I think yeah. that was the translation. If you could translate that scream, it was like, welcome to hell. <laughs> hey, <laughs> You're, you've arrived. Um, I, the only thing, the only thing I don't like about this movie and I absolutely, I'd forgotten how good this movie was. I'd already seen it, but I had completely forgotten that it was just so amazing. The one thing I don't like is the whole, you know, it was always, you always had the power within you. It's such a wizard of Oz yeah. sort of, like, I, I don't know why I feel like they could have done. So. It's such a weird thing where like her having to go back. My wife even was like, wait, is she going all the way back to where they? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. She, and it's like, that's weird. Like, how did she survive doing that? Yeah. Like it's so it was. And like they, the whole thing about the theme about not being able to go back. And then suddenly it's like, oh, yeah, she could just run back real quickly, real quick. Yeah. Yeah. While George is. Bleeding from a neck wound, by the way. Right. And like all these demons are there and they all seem to be, I guess they're just surprised. They're like, what? <laughs> why, why is she running towards us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like they're like, they're like, oh, we did our part. Well, let's take a cigarette break. Oh shit. She's yeah. back. Oh, 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 oh. She's coming yeah. back quick. Get, get the yeah. horns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like that's the only thing I didn't like about the movie. I would have, I think it would have worked because everything's supposed to be this sort of mirror Right? right, because as above, so below. So you know, you've got the 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 good half and then the bad half for for to be very reductive about it. If there had been, I don't know, her having to go back to the point of origin, I I understand that. I just I don't know something about it. Having to 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 go back to the point of origin makes sense, but then her having to make that second journey back to her friends, like if they yeah. had all had to go back to the point of origin and then something happened, like a new door opened or whatever, that yeah. would have kind of been yeah, a little better. Weird. I don't know. I don't know what the right way to handle that is. It, you know, I hate to keep falling back on video game 
uh, analogies, but it felt to me like a bad quest level design. Yeah. It's like, you really have to backtrack to get this one thing and then come back to the thing. seems like you're trying to fill out. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe the movie was like 15 minutes too short and they wanted to make it a little longer. I don't think so. I don't think it was. <laughs> I just, it's such a bummer because I loved, loved, loved the movie. And then there's this thing and she goes back and puts this, I think she puts the stone back, right? She does. Yeah. She puts it back on the wall. And then she looks at herself in the, in the copper, like bronze or whatever it was. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, what? <laughs> and then she's like, aha, it's yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I, obviously she couldn't take the stone with her out of there. Because then, narratively, it all kind of falls apart. Yeah, and I well, guess just- and, but also there's that, like, her whole quest, her whole yeah. life was about finding the stone. So I guess on some level, maybe it's supposed to show that it's not about ownership of the stone as much as just her being able to know that her father wasn't crazy. Mm. Maybe. I don't know. But, like, it, it, it her willingness to, to not hold on to that stone was also a little, you know, flies in the face a little bit of her character, I think. Well, not by that point, I think. Because I think Scarlet has always, nothing bad has ever happened to her. Like, bad things happen all around her. But she's always dodged it right at the last minute. She's always gotten out in the nick of time. Other people end up in jail, but she's always on to the next lead. And this is the first time I think she's really dealing with severe consequences up close and personal. And I, and I think that's that's part of her whole journey is I realize what I'm doing to the people around me. And it ain't worth it. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. And maybe that has something to do with coming to terms with your guilt. Like yeah. maybe she doesn't vocalize that, but I could see that being a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh fun, fun fact about the production of this movie. Um, it was actually filmed in the real catacombs of Paris, the entire movie. Oh, it had to have been. It's funny. Cause I was watching it and I was like, how, how did they do this? Because this would be a really hard thing to, I know you could do it, but like it would have been hard to create. Um, so they didn't use very many props, which scares me since they're not specific. That, that makes me think maybe those were all human bones they were crawling through. Oh, um, yeah, I guarantee it was. Yep. And uh, th- cell phones and electricity didn't really exist down there when they were filming. Um, and, and here's the topper. Here's the best part of the whole factoid. Ben Feldman, who plays George, actually has claustrophobia. Oh, my God. So we had to take many breaks during filming to deal with that, which I cannot imagine having to deal with. I Like, I, I was telling my wife, I was like, oh, because I have a little bit of claustrophobia. I was like, there's no way. They're, like, when they're walking around, I'm fine. But, like, when they're having to crawl through things, I was like, I could not mm-hmm. do that. Couldn't do that. And they have to crawl through some tight spaces. Imagine yeah. a, a, a tunnel essentially as big as a sleeping bag yeah but it's rock and maybe a little that. a little peppering of bone that scene with the so there's a scene where they have to crawl through something that's yeah really 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 tight and the only way they can get through is over a bed of bones and basically the reason they can fit is because they can kind of maneuver the bones around as they're crawling through mm-hmm. like no thank you yeah hard pass on that one and this yeah. guy get the, the the documentary guy gets stuck 
Yep. That would have been me, except I would have passed out at that point. I would have <laughs> hyperventilated and I would have been unconscious and they would have had to drag me through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, would have made it easier for everybody, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, totally. I, I, I'm not claustrophobic per se, but being underground really sketches me out. I, I, there's a, um, in Hawaii, there is a, a tunnel that goes through Diamond Head Volcano. And it's, this is a big tunnel. This is by no, I mean, you can stand up, you can spread your arms. This is not an enclosed, a tight enclosed space, but it's so long that, and there's no light in there. So at one point you can see the entryway and at another point you can see the light coming in the exit, but there's a part in the middle where there's no light. Yeah. And it's, it gets dark. <laughs> it's the, it's the most terrifying thing I've ever done is go through it. Even though this is like nice and airy and there's tourists and it's, there's a handrail. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. Doing that. And it's in a little tiny little crawl. Mm-mm, nope. No. Thank you. Yeah. No. Yeah. There's uh, I think it's in New Mexico. Car- uh, Carlsbad caverns, which you may or may not have heard of is a massive um, cavern system that uh, was unearthed in the middle of the desert a long ago, and they turned it into a very, exactly kind of like, like what you're describing, a very uh, safe tourist uh, place. It's, it's fantastic. It has railings, has stairs, you know, there's no, but, um, and then you can go all the way down to the base and then kind of walk through all these tunnels um, and uh, like see stalagmites and stalactites and, and, you know, all these amazing things. They actually have a cafeteria down there because it's so big. Um, oh, wow. and an, and an elevator to go up, um, oh. which is cool, but you're really far underground, but here's the thing. There's another place right near there. That's called new cave and new cave is Carlsbad cavern before it was turned into a tourist location. So okay. it has nothing. It has no ropes. It has, nope. and you have to put, bring flashlights. So I've done that twice and with a gu- guide and okay. at one point in the tour, and again, you're like, you're like holding onto ropes, uh, that they put down for you. And you're like scrambling across rocks. It's never, you never have to go through tight squeezes, but it's still very much spelunking. Mm-hmm. And there's this one point where they're like, okay, we are, we are as far down as we're going to go. And by the way, they're like, oh, don't go that way because we have no idea where that goes, but it oh goes forever. <laughs> and you're oh like, what? <laughs> they're like, oh yeah. Once someone went there and they never came back. And you're like, okay, I'm not, or, you know, they found them a month later in another state. It's like oh, that kind of thing. So they, these, these caves have not been fully charted. They, the area that you go to in new cave has, but there are offshoots right. where you could just, you will never be seen again. Oh, um, no, thank you. So anyway, there's this one area where they take you to and they're like, okay, this is as, probably as low as we're going to go. Everybody sit down and we all sit down they're like, okay, turn off your flashlight. Oh, and you turn off your flashlights and you could put your finger inside your eyeball and you would not see your finger. It is so dark. And it is like immediately you're like, I'm scared. Yep. <laughs> you're like, it's just like, it's like seeing a snake, you know, in the wild where you're like, I'm not scared of snakes. What the hell is that? <laughs> you're, you're, there's a, there's like some caveman part of your brain. That's like, no, yep. turn the flashlight on nope, 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 or nope, I will nope. take over. Nope, nope, nope. Nope, nope. Gonna start running. Gonna start screaming. No, yeah, thank it's, you. 
it is crazy how you don't know dark until you know that because like seriously yeah you think yeah that uh uh uh-uh nope and and it's weird but yeah it's i by the way if you are ever in the area i highly recommend both carlsbad and new cave they're both amazing and uh worth the trip because it's pretty cool with a guide Uh, i'll do it i'm not not one of the one of the natural wonders of the world by the way is it really yeah, according to whoever makes those lists. Oh, cool. But yeah, I think it's in New Mexico or Arizona. New Mexico, I think. Anyway, so uh, speaking of spelunking, why don't we explore oh, the categories? Oh, wow. wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, yeah, I don't. Okay, let's let's say what it's not. Okay, yeah, that's always the easiest. It's not science. Right. It's not killer. It's not gore. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think it. It's not nature, right? I don't. Know. Maybe it is actually. I guess it's a setting. I was gonna say it's not creature because not I creature. think. Yeah, they serve. There are creatures in it, but they serve yeah. as part, like a piece in the bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Structure of fear. Yeah. I to me, without categorizing it, to me the thing that is frightening about this movie that makes it frightening is sort of the existential knowledge that hell exists and it's a Mm. thousand feet down. Mm. That's what makes it scary. And like the people in it are like, I think it's the realization that they are literally not figuratively literally in hell. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. Yeah. I just don't know. Like, what is that though? What is that paranormal or is that like you said it, maybe it is nature if nature, if hell is real. Okay, well, okay. The thing that is scary is the location. Both because because the location, the, the, the sole purpose of the location is to torment you, punish you, torture you. Like, that's, that's it. Like, if you're in this location... There is no, there, abandon all hope. So the location is a real place. Yeah. That to uh, me feels like nature. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it has to either be paranormal or nature. Agreed. Yeah. And so the question is, um, yeah, what is hell? Like, it's funny because normally I would say it's paranormal, but this isn't like you're teleported there through some gate. Right. You're you're like, you just take some stairs and you keep going down and eventually you get there. Yeah. Like, you know, take a left at the thing and then you go over there and there's going to be some water and yeah, oh, you're in hell, like actual hell. I really feel like because this is a, they travel, they walk to, to a physical location, they actually make an effort to get there. Right. I feel like it's nature because it's an a, a actual place. So it's not, me- it's not a theoretical or metaphorical place. You know what I mean? It's And it's not a place that's being brought to them via right. they've performed a rite or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Uh, dad pun ahead. Oh boy. But uh, let me play devil's advocate here. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I would say the argument against that is that effect that you and I were talking about, where that membrane that they pass through. Mm-hmm. The idea that maybe um, 
they they are in the real world until they get to a point and that point they deliberately enter into this sort of uh occult uh sort of spiritual world i mean it's not spiritual but this occult world of hell and mm. that you know if you went a thousand feet down in nevada mm. you wouldn't be in hell but if you and even if you did it like you know some other part of france you wouldn't be in hell it's that they found the specific route to hell through this this specific gateway hmm so I don't like I like I I don't know man I I part of the problem is when we talk about nature like we've had this discussion before with animals you know right with like like zombies or whatever in the world of a movie when they say that you know let's say the werewolf is just like you know uh or the vampire we had this specific discussion where vampires like you know a a uh, a bobcat like it's a real thing. Right. They exist in this world. So is that nature? And I think we decided with that, it's like, no, it has to be real in our world too. Like it, it can't be. Oh, I see. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. 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 So mm. I guess the question is then, does that apply to a setting? Okay. But okay. Mm. But then what about something like uh, the day after tomorrow where the thing that is killing people is weather because of a, super something. right i, I forget something that is technically i guess it could happen but it's made right. up for the movie you're right yeah you're right i mean that wouldn't be what would that be yeah that couldn't be obviously it wouldn't be paranormal but uh yeah i that mean it would wouldn't be science be... like if it's a mad scientist causing a a right blizzard then that's science but the you know this was like yeah this was basically us in 10 years <laughs> <laughs> yes, not much. to get political. But. Yeah, yeah, but right. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I see what you're saying, and you're right because, like, basically, we could say we could come up up with rules that would make nature very hard to ever apply. Yeah, other exactly. than yeah. like really, you know, obviously, Cujo, I think would would probably fall yeah, into Cujo would be nature. nature for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, and and you know, uh, yeah, man. I kind of, I, on some level, I kind of like it being nature because it makes it even creepier. I think that's, yeah. like I guess I said at the beginning, the thing that makes it so frightening isn't the paranormal nature of it. It's the natural nature of it. Mm-hmm. It yeah. sounds weird, yeah. but you know what I mean? That it yeah. feels real. Like it feels like it's a real thing. Yeah. That's, like, that's what I like about it is it, it feels lo-fi. Right. Like it, a lot of times with things that are associated with hell or, or, or are kind of over the top, theatrical, flashy, uh, very clearly they're, they're drama. Right. Like like, you know, the thing that that demons and Satan love more than anything else is is drama because they're all theater kids or whatever. This <laughs> is just, yeah, everything, everything's going to suck because you're in hell. And that's just how we do down here. I I. I like, it's very straightforward. Yeah. Like you did this and you're going to be punished and the punishment's going to be terrible. Yeah. All right. I think, I, I think you, yeah, you've, you've won me over nature. I feel, I feel like you're right. Nature. Sweet. So, so then do we want to be like really broad and say setting or more narrow? Like hmm. what, what is the sub uh, 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 lo- uh, location? Yeah. I think, I think that makes sense. Nature and location. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. So this movie, I'm gonna I'm gonna pop it in to this right, 
our chart. It, it, this movie came out in 2014. While I'm looking, because people probably hate to hear me looking through my spreadsheet, what was your favorite scene in this movie? Oh, golly. I like so many little details in this. I really do love the explanation that, that George breaks into places and fixes things. I think that oh, yeah. it, it's such a wonderful detail that says so much about his character. And it's just, a, you know, kind of a throwaway line. Like, why are we in a cathedral looking for George? Well, he breaks into places and fixes them. That's, I, I love that. But I think the my my favorite overall moment is uh, Papillon and the car. I've never oh, seen anything like it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just so inspired. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I think... I probably have two too. I love one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the absolute ending. The, the way they trick you into not realizing it's a manhole cover. Yeah. And and them coming out on the street is such a, it's, it's powerful because it's really an interesting visual, but also, you know, if you're really into horror movies, you probably know this feeling where you're kind of like, oh man, I just, I'm tired of feeling dread. I'm, I want it to be over. And yeah. it sneaks the ending sneaks up on you in such a this sort of wave of relief hits you when you're not expecting it. Yeah, that I think yeah. is really powerful. So I love that. Um, but yeah, for me, I think the other moment I love, like you said, the car scene. But I love the the guy in the in the you know Grim Reaper hood just sitting in that chair. Mm. It's. I think there's actually a scene when they first see him, he's actually got his face away from them, which as we've discussed is something that freaks me out. Yeah. Like the whole being in a dark room, not looking at you, looking at nothing is creepy as hell. And I think their, their location, the fact that it's like, okay, you know, t- stuff has gone bad because cars are swallowing themselves up and people are like, their legs are sticking out of the ground. But now there's, there's a demon yeah. like, there's no more kidding yourself. Like there's, there's Satan's best friend yeah. sitting in a chair, looking at something, probably looking at his handiwork in the wall of all the people screaming. It is so, so Dante esque. And I'm a huge Dante's Inferno fan that I just, I loved, I loved all of that stuff around that. I love how dispassionate that character is. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, there to do a job. Yep. And no, it's not the, it's very easy to, to fall into the stereotypes. And that, that's something I really appreciate about this movie is at no point is it indulging in any of the stereotypes. It throws so many surprising things at you yeah, and handles things in a way that you don't know what's coming next yeah, and you don't know why things are happening. And then when they do, it makes sense. Uh, it, it's funny, uh, when this movie started, uh, for some reason it had been, I haven't seen it since it had come out and part of my head was confusing elements of the, the descent with it. Sure. Yep. And so once it started, I was like, I was actually very confused at the beginning. I was like, I don't remember it starting like this. And my wife did the same thing and we're both like weird. I was like, I know I saw this, but I don't remember this. And then as it started going, I was like, oh, right. I forgot. I just forgot how good it was. It's such a. I think the fact that they leaned into the sort of Tomb Raider, Indiana Jones, Goonies element mm. uh, makes it so much more fun and and so much more powerful as it starts getting scary. I love I oh, love sure. that they did that because you're I mean you're on the ride. Yeah. Like, oh wow! Well, this is, oh they're following the clues. They're figuring it out. They're getting to yeah. the thing. Oh oh no! Oh they're in hell. I'm leaving. 
I don't want anything to do with this. <laughs> oh, 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 this is bad. Oh, no. You know what's not bad? What's that? The people who support this show. Oh, nice segue. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, you support this show just by listening to it, and we appreciate that so much. But if you can throw a little cash our way, that's cool, too. Patreon.com slash Beasties. All it takes is a buck to become a member of our Beastie crew. But if you are feeling particularly generous and want to donate at the $10 tier, then you get a special shout out on each and every show that goes a little something like this. Thank you, friend. We appreciate you. James Fudge, Joseph Crescenti, Elizabeth Richardson, Patrick Markey, Perry Marsden, and Michael Coffey. Thank you. Thank you so much for your continued support. We really, really appreciate it. And it helps us do it every single week. Brian, where can the lovely people find you on the internet? Well, they can find me at my website, which is padandpixel.com. Also, I am a co-host on a wonderful little podcast about all things Lego video games. And you can catch that uh, on any podcast platform under the name Bits and the letter N, Bricks. Uh, And finally, you can find me on Twitter at Crescenti, that's C-R-E-C-E-N-T-E-B, as in so below the second half of that movie title (laughs) in case you didn't catch it (laughs) Uh, you can find me at my other podcast which is about video games it's called continue or you can find me on twitter at susan arndt thank you again so much for listening have a great week everybody